The NFL playoffs are here. What is to be expected on wild, wild card weekend? Georgia won the national championship, but they are not the new Alabama. Atlanta might host a playoff game, but not for the Falcons. Are the Grizzlies better with or without John Morant? And can someone please help CJ McCollum? All this and more on our Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Stroman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's 14 Joining me as always later on will be my co-host, Christy. You can find her on her Instagram and TikTok, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all different sports and different forms of varieties. You can find them at Variety underscore sport underscore. And it is time. It's, you know, the playoffs. Sadly, I know we talked about it last week, but they're not going to have any teams from the South because, of course, we're a bunch of teams trying to rebuild, but that's okay. So with this time, it's an exciting period. You know, the NFL playoffs are one of those times where you either see a really exciting team win or you see the same teams again. Now, I know that we had said something kind of like that earlier on in regards to the NBA Finals where I jokingly said, or we see the Warriors win it all again. And then I predicted it. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen again. But even just looking at these teams right here, most people are expecting it to be the Chiefs and the 49ers, maybe the Eagles in there, or maybe the Bills, or for some reason the Bengals because everyone's obsessed with Joe Burrow. But still, it could be a lot of potential teams playing. I mean, right now, you know, this weekend we've got the Seahawks 49ers, the Chargers Jaguars, Bills Dolphins. Viking Giants, Ravens Bengals, and the Cowboys Buccaneers. Now, really with this, it's pretty evenly matched, except for the Bills Dolphins, more on them later, and really the Seahawks and 49ers. And I feel like that's going to be kind of, I don't want to say awkward, because they already play together. But still, I mean, this is really, you know, cool to see because everyone loves this time of year. This is where people are going to see players step up who they might not even know. I mean, remember in 2014 when Chris Matthews caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Yeah, me neither. It's stuff like this, really, where things can happen. Now, there are a few questions in regards to Wild Card Weekend. Is it going to be crazy unscripted. I don't know. I mean, you know, anything is possible. I mean, the Jaguars are in here, so anything could happen. Do I think that these teams can put up a fight? I'm sure they could. You know, I feel like none of these games are going to be a blowout unless really there's one team that really wants to do well. You know, making the postseason is no big... I don't want to... Actually, let me rephrase that. Making the postseason is a huge accomplishment. So having these teams make the postseason is huge. But then wanting to go on... Is even bigger. Remember, the NFL is the only league where it allows people one game, and if they lose, they go home. You know, in the NBA Finals, you have seven potential games. In the World Series, you have seven potential games. In the NFL, it's win and go home. So you can see a lot of these players are going to try and find a way to make sure that they're doing the best they can and then making sure that they're performing well. Now, we do have some news in regards to 
the NFL as well. Now, Tua is not going to be playing because he still has not cleared concussion. So Skylar Thompson, that's right, a rookie who is going to be starting against the Bills. I'm sorry, Miami Dolphins fans, because I know that you wanted to. I know Tua got you there. But we also need to see how Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are doing. This team making the playoffs in their first year under Mike McDaniel is huge. He's implemented a great culture there. The team has had its ups and downs. But right now, it depends on the performance of Skylar Thompson as well. Him getting the start is pretty big for this team because many people don't even know who he really is. In the last game against the Jets, he didn't play the best game really. I mean, he was 20 for 31 for 152 yards. We also don't know if Raheem Mostert's going to play or not. So they got this win by the skin of their teeth. In regards to another quarterback, we don't know if Lamar is going to play. And that would be huge for the Ravens because right now, they don't really have much to discuss there. And people are now questioning if Lamar is going to stay in Baltimore. People have linked him to the Saints. People have linked him to other teams. Actually, Lamar to the Saints could be pretty scary. But right now... People are saying that this Ravens team might not even win, even if Lamar's there. So really, it's a lot to kind of focus on in regards to what could happen or what could really potentially start with this Ravens or Bengals game. And since it is Friday, you know what time it is. It is time for a new version of Christie's Corner, and she has a lot to get into. Take it away, my friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Christy's Corner. I wanted to start off with just a few honorable mentions on the show. So I know we've all been focused on Damar Hamlin and his journey to recovery and rightly so. But there's another player that we really need to highlight and I think he should be talked about a little more. So former Arkansas NFL running back named Peyton Hillis is coming off of the ventilator. So his story is he was on vacation with his family um, near Pensacola and his two children were swimming in the ocean and there was a near drowning. He went in and saved them and nearly drowned himself. So he was fighting some kidney and lung issues due to that near drowning But he is also on the road to recovery again, has come off the ventilator, is breathing by himself, and we just also wanted to send our thoughts and prayers and get his name out there more as well. Um, Anybody that kind of does a selfless act, especially involving children, whether they are your own or not, I think is a true hero. And my next honorable mention goes to the SEC. So this season um, and most of the bowl games, the SEC played the Big 12 champion, the Big 12 runner-up, the Big 10 runner-up, and the ACC champion. They were 4-0 in all those games, and they outscored them 204 to 48 points. So big shout-out to the SEC And it just proves not all the conferences are created equal and there is a powerhouse. The 12-team playoff that is set to come to us soon is just going to show that because it's going to be full of at least the top four SEC teams. 
Um, so speaking of that, let's talk about the national championship. Um, we all watched it. At least we all watched the first quarter. Um, and Georgia won. Um, and I'm going to be a little cliche here and say, TCU, what happened? <laughs> you know, a lot of us were rooting for TCU. Um, I know I was excited to see that Cinderella story play out, especially with how they played in the playoffs against Michigan. I was rooting for them. A lot of people were betting on them, and it was really disappointing. But again, it just goes to show that the SEC is a tougher conference, a tougher division, and I don't think the committee got the picks correct. I Of course, I'm going to say I think Alabama should have been in the playoffs. And Georgia's offense was just unstoppable. I know Stetson was great. His numbers were great. He was a walk-on. He did some amazing things. But I really think you could have put anybody in at that quarterback position and they would have kept scoring. And we saw that with their backup when Stetson had his curtain call and came out of the game. Um, the first drive the backup played, he scored a touchdown. So it kind of reminded me of that 2020 Alabama team when they won the 2021 national title. Um, I love Mac. I think Mac's great. I think he has some improving to do, but you could have put anybody in there. And even Mac was throwing some ducks and they still caught him. I mean, you had Smitty, you had everybody in there, Waddle, Judy, everybody. So it kind of reminded me of that offense. Um, I'm sure you saw all of the sideline stuff that was happening with Georgia during the third quarter. Some of the players were getting chicken wings from the fans and the stands and were going to town having a snack because they were just so far ahead. I also want to say, what does this mean for Michigan? TCU beat Michigan pretty easily, I would say. So I'm not sure what that says about this Michigan team and whether they should have been in the playoffs. This was the least viewed college football playoff game ever. I think it had 17 million views. That number might be wrong, but I think that's what I saw today. I know I watched most of the whole thing, but it was just boring. It was pretty lackluster, and I just kept watching it, hoping for something crazy to happen, and it didn't. I think Georgia could have hung 80 on them easily. So congrats to Georgia. You're not the new Alabama. You're not the new dynasty, but you are doing big things. So we are on to some coaching hiring insight. So we know that Cliff Kingsbury was fired by the Cardinals. And I mentioned last time, I don't think we've seen the last of him. I really do think he is going to be an offensive coordinator. Now, whether that's with the NFL or college, I'm not sure. Now, I do think I'm going to see him at one of my two favorite teams. So I do think we're going to see him at Alabama and take over Bill O'Brien's spot, or with the Patriots. So I'd be happy to see him anywhere. I'm happy to give him a chance. I think he's got potential. Um, And so speaking of Bill O'Brien, he has not been let go by Alabama yet. Um, But if Cliff doesn't go to the Patriots, I could see Bill O'Brien going back to the Patriots. He has history. He's been there before. So 
you've got those two guys up for grabs. Um, I still think Jim Harbaugh is going to the Broncos. Um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on, but still think he's going there. Now, the Panthers have an interesting scenario. So I know they have interviewed three people, I think. So right now, Steve Wilkes is the interim head coach. They did have a formal interview with him for that job permanently, but they also interviewed Jim Caldwell, who was formerly with the Colts and the Lions, and they also had an interview with Frank Reach, um, who was also with the Colts. Um, there were also some people that are requesting to be interviewed by the Panthers, and one I thought was really interesting was Kellen Moore from um, the Cowboys. I could see him working there. I think he'd be a good fit. I think he has kind of the mindset that the Panthers need. He can help players buy into the team, buy into the motto, and I think he would bring a good leadership. Uh, I think we're going to soon see Alabama let go of Pete Golding, our defensive coordinator, and I have him ending up at Ole Miss. Ole Miss fans actually really want him, so more power to you. Maybe he'll work better. Maybe, I, you know what? I could see him getting along with Lane Kiffin, actually. I think they have similar personalities. They're kind of both trolls, so <laughs> I could see it working. Um, the Redskins offensive coordinator was let go, so he is up for grabs. Lovey Smith was let go. I don't know if I place him anywhere right now. Maybe back to college. Uh, probably not an SEC team. Might see him maybe in the Pac-12. You do still have Matt Rule, who was the Panthers coach at the start of the season. Um, I do look for maybe Sean Payton to come back. Now, they have to get permission from the Saints for that to happen. And I know there were talks of him going to the Broncos. I could see that if Jim Harbaugh denies any offer from them. Uh, maybe D'Amico Ryans, I could still see him being picked up as a head coach. Right now he's the OC, but I could see him moving into a head coaching position. Um, and then there's some moves, I guess, coming back moves in the portal and the whole draft situation. So Spencer Rattler is the quarterback for South Carolina, and he has announced that he is going to come back for a final season. He was an Oklahoma transfer who got beat out by Caleb Williams. Um, and Spencer really got better towards the end of the season. So he ended with 792 passing yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. I feel like his touchdown number could be higher, but two interceptions for the whole season is a really, really great stat. And he also has Tennessee and Clemson wins under his belt, which are huge, especially for a South Carolina team. Um, he has a relationship with Shane Beamer. They were both at Oklahoma together. I think they're a really great pair. I think they're a dynamic duo. And like I said, they were improving as their season went on. So look for South Carolina, I think, to be ranked at least in the top 20 um, when the season gets started next year. And I think they are a team to look out for. On to the NFL and some games to watch. We've got... The Dolphins versus Bills. I think this one's really important. I think if we'll, I was going to say, 
I don't know. I'm going to pick the Bills, but I think the Bills are probably the better option to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Now, I think my answer would have been different had to have been healthy this season and been able to finish out the season. Then we have the Cowboys versus Bucks. I think this game is going to be really important. I'm going to pick the Bucks because we know Tom Brady can do crazy things in the playoffs and make it work. And we also know that Dak Prescott flops in the playoffs. So going with the Bucks there. Those are my two games to watch. I think those are the most meaningful and most exciting. But just some other games going on are Seahawks and 49ers. I look for the 49ers to win that game. Chargers versus Jags. I don't think either team's going to go all the way to the Super Bowl. I'd really like to see the Jaguars win this game and go another round, though. And Giants versus Vikings. Also don't think either of those teams are going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, This one's a tough pick. I think I'm going to, I'd rather see the Vikings win. I think it could go to either team. So speaking of Tua, Tua is officially out for the wild card game. He has not passed concussion protocol. So Skylar Thompson will start. Um, McDaniel said Tua was listening to doctor's advice this time around. Um, smartly so, especially with all the pretty scary injuries happening right now in the NFL. I do think this is in Tua's best interest, and it breaks my heart. And McDaniel said it breaks Tua's heart. He has worked so hard to get where he is, especially overcoming all of the media and sports commentator hate who really gave him no faith to start with. He had proved them wrong. I mean, I would argue that he got this Dolphins team to where they are. So not only is he missing just playing the game he loves, but he just misses being able to go through this experience with his team. Um, Since it was announced that Tua is out, the spread for the Bills to win has gotten higher. So again, I do think the Bills are going to win that game. And I hope Tua and his doctors know what's best for him next season. As much as I'd love to see Tua back out on that field, I also want him to be healthy and to be able to live a long life. He has a kid now, he has a wife, and he really needs to think about them as he makes his decisions. So I mentioned Jim Harbaugh earlier in my little coaching hire information. So there's still no official decision, but it was noted that Jim Harbaugh had a two-hour interview with the Broncos and... After that, the University of Michigan president did make a statement and the president said that they are fighting for Jim Harbaugh to stay as well as the athletic director. So I think what's happening is it's just a matter of who is going to offer the better contract. Um, Jim Harbaugh has done some pretty good things for Michigan. Obviously, they got into the top four this year. And now we've seen some drama with the buying of hamburgers. I think that's pretty irrelevant. But I don't know what this says about Jim. I'm not sure if he is doing a little stunt to maybe up his pay, his salary at Michigan, or to really make them see how valuable of a coach he is, or if he is truly interested in the NFL. 
So I think he is just waiting for that right contract, that right deal. But whatever happens, I think we're going to see him either stay at Michigan or go to the Broncos. And another move with coaches in the NFL is the Jets offensive coordinator. So this is Mike LaFleur. He is the brother, I think he's the younger brother of Matt Matt LaFleur. He is the coach at the Packers. He's the viral coach. All the women love him. (laughs) Um, He did not, or the team did not improve under him, and he was brought on to the team in 2021. The team actually went downhill a lot, the offense specifically. They actually bottomed out at the end of the season, which is where you kind of need to finish strong. So the team did not score a touchdown in the last three games. So I think justly and rightly so, it was the right decision to let him go. And they had Zach Wilson as their quarterback. I know there was some drama with him and uh, older women, we'll say, at the beginning of the season. But I think he's a moldable and pretty impressive quarterback. And his season and his numbers also decreased, did not improve under Mike and his leadership. So I could see him landing somewhere else. I'm just not sure what that landing spot might be. But I think we're going to continue to see lots of movement with coaches. Um, I think we're probably pretty close to being done with all the transfer portals or people deciding to stay or go to the draft. Um, I know there is a deadline for that. I think it's February 16th. So I think that's going to slow down. I think the things to watch now are all these movements with the coaches. So I will be back another time to maybe see if any of these coaching situations play out and to see how the weekend went with the NFL games. Bye. And as always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. I don't think I could have explained it any better than you. But just to go off of that, yeah, that championship game sucked. I mean, oh my gosh, it was so bad. 65 to 7. I mean, I'm at a loss for words. I turned the game off. And like Christy said, you know, Georgia was out there getting wings. Uh, like, this this game was unacceptable. And to make things even worse, there were even talks about Garrett Riley going to Alabama. Now, Garrett Riley has been hired at Clemson, which, I mean, I guess is good for Dabo. But now, like I said, and like I've tried to get Christy before, this mainly confirms the idea of Cliff going to Alabama. I think it could happen. I think it would be great. I would be a big fan of that. And Bill O'Brien can, you know, go work at Costco or something or, you know, um, go, go anywhere else. But, yeah, no, that game was really bad. I don't think Georgia is anywhere near close to being the next Alabama. Here's why. Alabama won their first national championship in 09. Nick Saban got there in 2007. Kirby got to Georgia in 2016. It took him five years to win his first national championship. I know that he got there in two, but it took him so long. And then he also had those weird years of trying to figure out, do I want to go with Jacob Easton or Jake Fromm? Jake Fromm 
or Justin Fields. And then you win it with Stetson Bennett, who is a 25-year-old and should not be in college, so that's kind of very concerning. But no, in my opinion, Georgia is not the next Alabama. Besides, we need to see what they can do in the next year without all these star players. Now, do I think if the committee messed up, do, actually, let me rephrase that. Did the committee mess up? Yes. 100% yes. I mean, looking at these, yes, the Ohio State game, Georgia game was amazing. Yes, Michigan TCU was great, but that, this is awful. I mean, the committee needs to go in timeout. The committee needs to be, I don't want to say fired, but they need to be put in timeout and just say, hey, you know, you need to think about what you did because this is not the four most deserving teams. And now I know with the 12 team playoff coming, it's going to be a lot like this. You're going to have a team that is terrific versus a team that shouldn't be there. And now you're expecting both teams to compete. No, I understand that TCU had a great story and everyone likes the underdog, but this story right now did not work. It did not have a happy ending and it was going to go exactly what we thought. And the thing is that we all thought TCU would put up points and boy, were we wrong. Now, also, Kirk Herbstreit, please don't mention that Stetson Bennett needs a movie from Disney. That's just weird. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of Georgia, the city of Atlanta might be hosting a playoff game. The only downside, it is not for the Falcons. So, a few weeks ago, actually no, even a few days ago, in regards to the DeMar Hamlin situation, there was a game between the Bills and the Bengals that was postponed. Obviously, we know that. And it's causing a, I don't want to say concern, but it was causing a question of how are we going to play a certain playoff game? Now, when it comes to the NFL playoffs, you get home field advantage that happens in all playoffs in all the leagues. But there was these ties between, I believe the Bengals or the Chiefs, or I think it was the Chiefs and the Bills. And because of that, you had to find a neutral site. Well, Atlanta is not hosting a playoff game, so Atlanta was one. Now, it hasn't been confirmed if it's going to happen there, but how funny would that be if the city of Atlanta hosted a playoff game, but it's not for their team? I mean, they've done it before when it comes to games that aren't versus Georgia or anything. I mean, it happens a lot, especially in the Super Bowl. But still, how funny would that be? Now, it also could be great for the small market because now you're getting more eyes in regards to the city of Atlanta and more people are going to be interested in visiting Atlanta. And finally, we get into some basketball topics in regards to our small market teams. And the first one actually is in regards to the Grizzlies. Now, are the Memphis Grizzlies better without John Morant? I'm going to say it, no. But the record does say otherwise. Look, you know, they've had questions about this before. You know, John missed time last year and they had Tyus Jones step in. And he did great. But with this, you know, John Morant is your franchise player. You built the team around him. So I don't really think it makes sense to have this question. Now, really with it, it comes down to why are they sitting out jaws? that load management? Actually, no, it has nothing to do with load management. He had hurt his thigh. He took two games off. He came back. He looked fine. 
But still, really with this, you know, they just want to be careful. The Pelicans are doing the similar thing with Brandon Ingram, more on him later. But really with this, you know, it's very important to see what was going on here. So, you know, he came back, he scored 38 points against the Spurs. And, you know, that definitely made sense and worked out well. But he missed the previous two games with the right thigh soreness. Try saying that three times fast. But I don't think this team is better without him. Now, this team has chemistry, and fortunately, this is something that we see in our teams in the small market in the South. But this team also is very good and has a lot of depth as well. Now, you know, they are on a very nice win streak, but I don't think having Tyus Jones as your, I don't want to say backup or change of pace guy is a bad thing, but he's not your centerpiece. You know, they paid to keep him here for a good reason, and he's been great, but also I think it's a good shift in leadership. Now, is this saying that Jaw doesn't get around with the guys or that he just doesn't have chemistry? Well, no, but I think with it too, you have to understand that Jaw's going to get more of the attention. When you have one or two stars, you're going to get more attention on that star. It happens with LeBron. It happens with Zion. It happens with Jason Tatum. It's very common in basketball. It happens with Stephen Curry. So Jaw's going to get a lot of attention, but Jaw's hard to stop too. You know, he's very electric. So I don't think it's a bad thing that they're playing just as well, if not better, without Jaw. Because, you know, now the guys are getting a chance. Some teams aren't going to have that opportunity to step up when they have a player who might not do as well or might have some struggles. With this, these players are now getting a chance. Jaron Jackson looks like a defensive player of the year candidate. Steven Adams looks good. We talked about Tyus Jones. Desmond Bain is finally looking good. Dylan Brooks looks good. So with these players, they are getting a chance to showcase their abilities rather than I don't want to say playing second fiddle with Jaw, but having a better chance to be what they can do and show what they can do, in addition to also saying, hey, I can also support Jaw Morant when need be. And speaking of the New Orleans Pelicans, it is time for me to ask a very big question. Can someone please help out CJ McCollum? Look, I understand that the Pelicans have been hurt by the injury bug. I understand that things are going to happen. Brandon Ingram is going to be back soon. Zion should be back soon as well. I know that it sucks because, you know, you lose Brandon Ingram, Zion steps up, then you lose Zion, and now Brandon is to come back. But really, at the end of this whole thing right now, CJ McCollum is doing so much on his own, and he needs help. I mean, this guy truly loves New Orleans. He's only been in New Orleans for not even a year. I mean, that's terrific. But looking at this, you know, they played the Celtics on Wednesday. CJ McCollum had 38 points. That's terrific, and I'm a fan of all this excitement for CJ but you look at the rest of the team and you weren't getting that help. You know, Trey Murphy was struggling in this game and other players were struggling as well. Dyson Daniels off the start because her was out. But CJ McCollum, 38 points. Najee Marshall, 18. And then from your bench, you don't really get much help there. But right now, they are just struggling with having that other player step up. Now, Najee has done well 
in recent games. But this team really misses Brandon Ingram, and this team really misses Zion. You know, in their win over the Wizards, Jonas Valanciunas had 27 points. But before that, you know, in the losses against the Nets and the Mavericks, they were having trouble finding that number two player. They need to find a way for this team to step up because at this moment, we don't know when Brandon Ingram is getting, going to come back. He's been shooting more. He's doing a little bit better. Zion looks like he's shooting more as well, but it could be some time. And right now, this is where you need to see these players step up, especially because in this league right now, especially in the Western Conference, it is so competitive for the first, second, and third seed. And there are only three, maybe even two games separating the third and the fourth seed. And right now it's looking like there are three, maybe even two games separating the one, two, and three seed. So right now, New Orleans needs to figure out who's going to step up at this time. Because right now, it comes down to this team and figuring it out. If Memphis can do it, so can New Orleans. But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake'sSo14. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at ChristyMarie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. Be sure to check them out. And as always, you can find this on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all platforms for podcasts. And as always, we couldn't have done this without you. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. I'm so excited for 2023 so far. Everything is looking good. And we're going to make sure that we keep having some new news and new things that we get to discuss. As always, as always, continue to be great. Be the best version of you can be. Be light in this world. Make other people happy. We need to make sure we're working together to make others smile. And as always, as always, we'll see and hear from you all later. Take care. Find someone who loves you like you would. Gotta keep, gotta keep.